Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we're celebrating Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I'm your host, Zach Armstrong. It's just me today, no Ed. Uh, and uh, we've got a bit of a shorter and a bit of a special episode today for episode 99. But before that, uh, one small announcement for episode 100. Ed and I have been cooking up something special. Uh, our Patreon subscribers are already in on it, but for episode 100, we are doing something special, and to make sure we get it right, we're going to take an extra few weeks on that episode uh, to make sure uh, to make sure it is it is just right and how we envisioned it. So be on the lookout for that for episode 100. We're going to have a, a few extra dark weeks in between, more than usual, even with our bi-weekly schedule uh, during the Keyforge hiatus right now. So keep an eye out for that. We're very excited to celebrate episode 100 with you, all of our amazing listeners uh, who have been with us uh, this whole time and uh, who are deeply, deeply appreciative for, because uh, you all you all are, are, are why we do this. <laughs> that's, uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. But today's topic, to get right into it, is uh, something that has been bouncing around my brain for a bit and really distilled down into this version of the topic uh, somewhat recently. So today we are going over three lessons I've learned from Keyforge. These are lessons from my personal experience. I've picked three that might be helpful for others to hear, uh, but they are just that. They're lessons that I've learned that might be helpful for you to hear. So I'm help I'm hoping these will be edifying. These will be uplifting and clarifying for you uh, as far as your enjoying exper- enjoying card games and enjoying Keyforge goes. So without further ado, the first lesson that I have learned from Keyforge is that card games are just getting started. Some A fascinating piece of information I found sometime in the last year is that if you've got a deck of 52 cards, the standard playing card deck, the number of different ways that deck can be ordered, you know, what cards and what order, is 8 times 10 to the 67th power, which means that's 8 with 67 zeros after it. That's the number of different combinations that can exist. So mathematically, that's huge. What that means practically is that every time you shuffle a deck of 52 cards, you are creating an order of those cards that's unique and has never been seen and will likely never be seen again. You can just grab any, especially a used one, right? Grab grab a, a pack of cards from somewhere, shuffle it once, then hold it up, and just think about that in your hand. You're holding something that has never been ordered that way in human history before. So this is this is at the soul of card games, I think, is they are the pieces with information on them that can be shuffled and ordered to a great degree 
And there is that sense of uh, you can't plan for exactly what's going to happen. Well, unless you get towards the end of a hand where you're counting cards, right? And so that is that sense that 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 magic is baked into cards as a vehicle for games, which is just something that I think relates to Keyforge a little bit and the uniqueness of decks, right? Uh, uh, feels a little bit similar to the uniqueness of an order of of shuffled cards, and and that's really drawn my attention to the fact that card games are just getting started. We're at a point where where Richard Garfield who who really helped pioneer the modern day card game with Magic the Gathering is still making a lot more card games. He made Keyforge because he wanted to to try the unique deck idea. Now he's gone on also to Soulforge where the two half decks and a more standard uh, combat with, with lanes, combat mechanic with lanes is happening. Uh, he's got Mind Bug, where each where each player is playing from the same deck. It's just one fixed deck, and you're playing against another player, both playing the same deck. Um, and so he is still iterating. He is still going. He is still jumping around to to each publisher that'll take him, saying, "Hey, I've got a great idea for a card game. Can I try it out with you?" And that's great. And that means that we are so early, so early in the innovation, right? And an honorable mention, by the way, to to Epic, the 30 random cards game that came out in 2015 that I think was on the cusp of that idea, too. Uh, we've had living card games that took away took away uh, card rarity entirely before Keyforge kind of came at it from a different approach, right? Uh, cooperative card games have proven economically viable through FFG's lines with Lord of the Rings and Arkham Horror. So I really can't wait until we see even more people get into uh, that expandable cooperative game space like Earthborn Rangers is going to uh, once that hits Kickstarter and, and, and comes out a little ways down the road. So all and, and all of that is less about, uh, yes, all of that current innovation is very cool and impressive and great. But what baffles my mind is to think about the fact that that's just the beginning and we're going to be seeing... We're going to be seeing other people innovate even bigger in card games as we go forward. Keyforge will just be one, you know, one great milestone in looking at how to play card games, how to play them differently, how to generate them differently, right? And even some of the modern innovation that we see having success these days. Uh, Flesh and Blood is doing embedded resources like Marvel Champions. Uh, they have clean timing windows that have they've obviously learned from decades of looking at Magic the Gathering taking the lessons from there a brilliant thematic approach to the pace and feel of like a one-on-one -on -one fight we've got ashes reborn them thematically it came back from the dead a card game came back from the dead and fine-tuned a lot of it's really cool interesting things uh netrunner is on its third life really with the volunteer organization nisei still being innovative and super cool and continuing because people saw that and said yeah that's special and people are still playing, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon and the Pokemon TCG, and there's so much going on there. So I can't wait to see what is expandable and what is going to innovate in the space of card games. And of course, Keyforge is my primary love, and I really haven't played anything else. So a few of these other games have interested me, but I haven't gone out to play them. I'm still playing Keyforge pretty much every week, thanks to a friendly local game store, which is great. And it just excites me to watch this space because card games are tactile and special. And you know, this is to say nothing for, for digital card games, which are all cool and good uh, in their own ways, in their own ways, right? So Keyforge, Keyforge has really shown me that card games are just getting started. And I think 
there's so much special stuff that we're going to see that people will get to experience that creators, innovators, companies will figure out models of making and distributing these games. People will innovate on the mechanics and how they're presented and what they do to the game experience. And I'm just so, so excited for that. I'm so excited for that. So that's lesson one, that card games are just getting started. Lesson number two that Keyforge has taught me is that community is at least as important as the game itself, if not more. I'm not going to put numbers on it, so I'm just going to say at least, leaving that full range of more important <laughs> open to interpretation. Keyforge has taught me that community is at least as important as the game itself. Because in a way, every interaction two card game players have is a part of the experience of playing that card game. Even if it's just limited to them, right? They're going to carry that experience with them. And that's even whether you're playing the game itself, right? I'm playing a game of Keyforge at a table or somewhere else. Uh, or it's the game beyond the game. The game of talking about Keyforge decks. The game of, of brewing Netrunner deck lists, right? trying things out, trying the the jank, the janky lists. All of those are, are part of the experiences of these games that we carry with us. And so not all of them are universal, but they often start to follow a pattern, right? And in most cases, people are only going to play an in-person card game if they like the people they're playing with. You've heard so many people quit this game or that game because of the negative community um, and an emphasis put on, you know, rule zero uh, rule zero talks in things like commander sessions for Magic the Gathering and finding a, just a good play group to, to play with in a way that you all enjoy. So when you're playing an in-person card game and you feel welcome, you feel invited, you feel included, no matter who you are, whether you just feel a little uncertain or uh, or you just really, people need to be making it clear that, that you're invited because maybe in other spaces you haven't, uh, that, that needs to happen. And that is the experience of playing the game. And that is going to help more people play the game. Um, so I think the, the community of Keyforge, right? We play Keyforge, we play Keyforge for the game itself. We stay with Keyforge. We live Keyforge for the community, uh, because a card game is worth playing for the game and a card game is worth living for the community that's why i've done uh, i was able to jump on call of discovery with ed is because i said you know this is what i want to spend my time on this because one i think it's going to be fun and ed's pretty great and i blackmailed him into letting me do this and two like just in being involved in the community has been so fun looking at all the amazing guests we've had that i've been able to talk to that ed has asked questions of that we've delved into topics and decks with that I, I look at all of these people, all of them are so much better at Keyforge than me in some way or another. Now I can I can hold my own here and there, right? But all of them are better at me than Keyforge in some way or the other, and that excites me to be around all those kinds of people. Something else about the community being at least as important to the game is that uh, the 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 kind of content that's generated and the tone of content that's generated also kind of sets a standard. Uh, for what ha what that community uh, talks about and and can look like. Now, this of course can be uh, blogs, videos, but especially things like uh, events that are run. Uh, shout out to anybody running events during the hiatus, right? Because they are a part of the community that makes that keyforge great. It would not be great if it wasn't being played, and it would be being played if you didn't have people like uh, Logocar over at AC and AC running Keyforge Live. If you didn't have uh, and Doctor Sheep as well uh, with those weekly events, Karen uh, B running uh, running 
uh, swindle and uh, the Premier League and all these sorts of things. Um, of course, uh, coat, which had gone on for, for so long key forge online team events. This is what makes the community, the community and how, even how those events are run, uh, generates, you know, attitudes around the community. And I have to say overall, all of these events that I mentioned, I think have generated great feelings among the players, generally speaking. And of course, Keyforge's design and distribution set some tone to a fixed deck, Hey, the points to discover this deck. Yes, we can be competitive, and that's great. Um, but you're still playing with at least one suboptimal card, maybe, <laughs> in that deck, unless, uh, <laughs> uh, unless you know, you've, you've got a, a deck that just fires on all cylinders all the time, which, uh, in that case, congratulations. But community is at least as important. Community is at least as important as the game itself in that aspect which is the second lesson. The third lesson, and this is, uh, so this third lesson, it's going to need a little context, which I'm going to state it and then I'm going to give it, but it, it took some time to really figure out this phrasing. It was actually the first lesson that came to me when I was thinking about this episode, episode 99, because the third lesson that I've learned playing Keyforge is that I don't owe Keyforge anything. That might sound a little bit harsh, right? It might sound like I'm about to throw my microphone across the room and say I'm done with this game forever. But this lesson that I don't owe Keyforge anything, it's not about playing Keyforge less out of any sense of vengeance. It's about not feeling bad about Keyforge as often as I used to during the pandemic and now the hiatus. And the reason I would feel bad about Keyforge for those reasons, right? One, I think it's normal to be sad. If you like the game, it's normal to be sad that the game, uh, you know, doesn't have that proactive support from FFG. There's not Vault Tours, all that sort of thing. But that's that's normal. But I know a lot of people are like me in that you're looking for a lifestyle game, a game you can have community through, a game that you can play and you can play the game beyond the game, as Team Covenant likes to say. You play the game beyond the game. You talk about decks with people. Uh, saying this in the context of Keyforge, right? You talk about decks with people. Uh, you you play jank with people. You try out decks. You do a you do a SAS climb, right? I'm really looking forward to trying that at some point if I can fit that in. I'm climbing through my decks and just playing anything, uh, everything. Uh, that way to just find those gems and experience some real jungle Keyforge that way. And so um, when Keyforge hits a snag, when it uh, when the popularity, you know, when it, it came off of its insane, almost viral popularity to start and then the pandemic hit right as Worlds Collide was really proving, you know, in my opinion, that the game has a true rock, paper, scissors feel to all the archetypes and the cards and the silver bullets and that sort of thing. The pandemic hit, and then everything got got wiped out and delayed, um, and no events, of course. And then on the back of that, the hiatus. Um, and I think it's been, it was very sad at first to to have invested so much into this game, not having wanted to do, to do any of this this having not wanted to do this amount of effort for a constructed game, right? With with actual individual card rarities and a and a card secondary market, it was very sad. Uh, that that was happening to Keyforge because Keyforge really has been my my lifestyle game. And the thought that freed me from wallowing was that, hey, I, 
I don't have to owe this to some abstract idea of Keyforge. I don't owe Keyforge this 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 wallowing sadness. Now it's normal to be sad, right? It's normal to be sad that the game's on hiatus. That still that still bumps me out. But what realizing that I don't need to I realizing I don't owe Keyforge anything has freed me up to say, you know, here's what Keyforge is right now. It is on hiatus. I can play it locally most weeks and I can get decks and I have people I can talk about decks with in several different venues locally and in Discord and that sort of thing. And I can enjoy that for what it is right now and enjoy Keyforge for what it is right now. Heck, I mean, if you've been wanting to, to travel, there have even been those in-person bigger events you can travel to, right? And big online events that if you really like playing online, you can sign up for those and playing those and go in deep, right? So realizing I don't owe Keyforge anything was realizing more that I don't owe Keyforge my, my sorrow. I owe, I owe myself a way to figure out how to enjoy it with what it is right now. Which has really helped me just find what I enjoy about Keyforge and keep doing that. Which is, uh, of course, <laughs> Call of Discovery. I'm playing locally, weekly, right? This this attitude, this this kind of freeing realization of I don't eco Keyforge anything, has not meant I'm playing Keyforge less. It just means, you know, I'm not going to feel guilty about um, uh, not playing on TCO or 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 uh, transitioning, you know, the the local scene to shop management. I was able to do that. Transitioning the local scene to shop management instead of me running it myself every single week, being there every single week. Right, because Keyforge uh, will be bigger long term if Fantasy Flight Games can earn that from a whole a whole lot of people. Right, the game will only survive if FFG earns that attention that I've felt obligated to to give it. If it earns that from a lot of people, then it's going to be a big success when it comes back and it's got a digital version and they relaunch it with even more oomph than the first time and they it's going to have you know with that relaunch at winds of exchange that'll be six sets uh all playing against each other all meaning hey keyforge is a long way from dead there's an uncountable number of keyforge games you can still play something nathan starwald of tabletop royale said on twitter in response to somebody else uh laughing about hey uh like keyforge is you know keyforge isn't dead you know we have so many people signed up for this event i believe it was karen brown both guests on the podcast and nathan said as long as there are matchups still to be played between existing decks and keyforge keyforge isn't dead i'm paraphrasing a little bit there so my apologies to nathan if i've butchered your meeting at all but as long as there are still matchups to be played among existing Keyforge decks, Keyforge isn't dead, which I think is an absolutely brilliant perspective on it, right? Uh, especially during uh, during the hiatus when, well, the game's not supported, but the game's more than the support of FFG. Do we want a lifestyle of Keyforge? Yes. Do we want those blog posts they mentioned when the game launched, following decks and players across vault tours and worlds and telling those stories? Yeah, I want those. I think those will have to come from the community. <laughs> but I want all of that. I want that ecosystem. I want that community. I want that news around Keyforge. I want people to be paid tens of thousands of dollars to win a Vault Warrior, right? I want I want all of that. But right now what Keyforge is is a bunch of decks in a cabinet to my left 
with enough matchups and variation to last me for the rest of my life, even if I didn't buy a deck. Keyforge is also putting out this podcast and enjoying that with Ed. Keyforge is also showing up at Thursday nights to level up here in Athens, Georgia, and playing Keyforge with a couple of people who just really want more people to show up, and we keep inviting other friends. We keep sending people uh, uh, great little videos about why you should play Keyforge and just hoping it grows. But we don't owe Keyforge our sadness. We owe the people we play with, and we owe ourselves uh, a way to figure out how to enjoy it for what it is right now, which we're going to have to do with any game. Every game has its heyday. Every hey game has its decline. Um, we'll see what happens with the big three, right? They've been around for so long. They'll be around for some more. Um, and we'll see how long Flesh and Blood gets to last. That seems like a great game that many people enjoy, along with, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, Pokemon and Magic the Gathering. So play what you enjoy. I really hope that's Keyforge because that means you might tune in and spend some time with us here at Call of Discovery. And uh, yeah, not going to do the rundown this time because uh, if you're listening to this uh, weird short little episode, you uh, you know where to find us. So uh, all I'm going to ask is, uh, well, you've answered the Call of Discovery, so I'm not going to ask you that today. And we'll see you around. <laughs>